0: That is a series victory for the Detroit Tigers over the weekend. That's also a season series victory against the White Sox for the season. Uh, We had a major league debut this weekend, fun weekend of baseball. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, September 11th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Alrighty. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend uh, filled with football and the not um, the not and the yeah, and the and whatnot. I think that's what I was going for. Um, So the Detroit Tigers over the weekend took two of three from the Chicago White Sox. And that clinched a again, not only a series victory over the weekend, obviously, but a season series victory over the which marks, uh, a few people had tweeted this out, this is the first time since, what was it, 2011, 2012, that the Tigers had won, had a winning record, rather, against every single opponent in the American League Central, against all four. And that brings up some interesting points and counterpoints about how, A, impressive is that, B, meaningful is that, uh, C, like a gauge for where this team is, like overall. There's a lot of conversations around just, how well we have played the American League Central. So I want to start there, and we'll obviously get into the games themselves. And I want to talk about how great I think Sawyer Gibson long looked and just the fact that he got called up. We didn't even get uh, – you know, they did it on Saturday. They announced it on Saturday, so we didn't even have – or Friday maybe. Regardless, we didn't have a chance to even talk about it on uh, on Friday's show. So can't wait to discuss that and, and, you know, the offensive performances and whatnot from the weekend. But I want to start with this. Because I think it's so fascinating. Uh, So the Tigers on the season are now 66 and 77. Okay, they're 11 games under five hundred with what is two, three weeks left? Two and a half, three weeks to go. 66 and 77. Okay. Against the American League East. All right, we just lost, what, five of six to the Yankees in a week stretch. Against the American League East, they are 7 and 25. On the year. That means that if you remove the all American League East games from the Tigers' record this season, they would be 59 and 52. They'd be seven games over 500 if you took out every single American League East game. Against the American League Central this year, the Tigers are a whopping 30 and 16. That is very, very good. They are almost 15 games over 500 against their division opponents. I know that this season the schedule is nerfed a little bit. You don't play uh, your, your inner division opponents as much as you used to. You still play them more than anybody else, even if it is less. So we'll gladly take it. And what that means is if you remove every single American League Central game from the schedule, the Tigers will be 36 and 61 significantly under 500 they're 11 under 500 now that would put them at what 25 games under 500 way way worse all right now our final exercise (laughs) this is like a elementary math class we're going to remove every American League East and American League Central game okay So the rest of baseball, we've taken away the the two outliers, right? They teach you that in in statistics class, at least I think. I wasn't a very good student. But if you take out, we're going to take out the one division we're really good against and the one division we're really bad against. Against the rest of baseball, the other, what is that, four divisions, the Tigers are 29 and 36. So they're 11 games under 500 on the year. There's seven games under 500 against four of the six divisions in baseball. And then those two remaining divisions, there's one really good and one really bad. I don't even know if this is like articulating to a point that even leads to us making a point. Really? I'm not sure I brought it up to make a specific point. I guess you could say like, oh, look, we're still way worse than the American League Central or American League East rather. But look, we're really good against the American League Central and like this awful, awful division. We're better than these teams. We're a middle-of-the-pack team to everybody else. I guess you could look at it that way. It's just – it's a fascinating conversation. I think it's important to do well against your own division, but we still clearly have shortcomings against some of the better teams in baseball around the league and against the best division, objectively, in baseball that is the American League East. So just a a really weird kind of exercise – to, uh, to, I don't know, I, I just felt and I did the math and I was going to share it on air because I spent the time and did the math on it. So interesting stuff Uh, for there. We'll, we'll talk about that more in the off season for sure and what they need to do to improve their record against better baseball teams. But thankfully this weekend, they did not play a better baseball team. It, it's really like, I, I feel bad for like, and look, the Tigers organization over the last decade has certainly not been, the, the poster child for great success in a, in a high run organization and operation. But I mean, golly, the, there are a few worse situations in baseball at the moment than the Chicago White Sox. That is absolutely brutal. Um, and again, I don't say that to like be a jerk or stir the pot or anything. I, I genuinely feel bad. Uh, we were supposed to see this huge wave of White Sox talent that was going to dominate the division for the coming years. And, and, They got one year out of it, and just now they're right back where they started. New GM, people are pissed about that. Ownership, people cannot stand Reinsdorf. It's just an absolute circus over there is really the way to put it. And The Tigers took advantage, and if I'm going to come on here and complain all the time, as I do, about how every opponent can have a get-right game against the Tigers, it's important for me to also give them credit when they don't allow that to happen said something similar last week. And so I give them a ton of credit for taking care of business back to back weekend series against the Chicago White Sox. They took five of six from them, from them and they're a better team than the White Sox. They absolutely should have. So good on them. Uh, let's talk about Sawyer Gibson Long. It was announced early on in the weekend. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday that Sawyer Gibson Long would be recalled and he would start on Sunday's game. He obviously did the corresponding move. Was Brennan White getting optioned? Uh, even like I don't even care what your opinion on Brennan White is. Mine is is higher than than most people's, but even if you think Brennan White is is just like he's terrible, whatever, you will I, I'd like to hear the argument on why Jose Cisnero is still in this bullpen and Brendan White now isn't. Like Brennan White, at least there is a chance that he is in this bullpen next year and in the coming years. Jose Cisnero, there is not. That, that chance does not exist. He will be gone in, in three weeks. I, I do not understand this fascination and, and requirement for him to be on this baseball team. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. So I'm going to continue complaining about it because it, it I fail to see the logic behind it whatsoever. But um, Sawyer Gibson Long was recalled, and that's the good news. We'll focus on the positive. Uh, that is awesome. This is somebody that I have been clamoring for to get the call up i mean for the everydayers uh, what two weeks now three weeks now dating back into mid mid august even uh i this dude has been really nice he has made great adjustments this season uh and his strikeout numbers have gone up he doesn't have the lowest DRA in the world in the minors but uh his strikeout numbers ha- have gone up a lot he's getting a lot of swings and misses i uh, didn't have any walks in his debut which is awesome i thought he looked spectacular I thought I could not have been happier with his outing on Sunday. Uh, His changeup looked incredible. Uh, It it looked like his best pitch. It was all nasty. And like the the thing about it was he wasn't, there was movement. I'm not trying to make it sound like there wasn't any movement at all, but he was really, it's felt like he was just keeping people off balance. Like the miles per hour difference between the fastball and the secondary stuff, specifically the changeup, I think is where he made a lot of his money, and and I was just so impressed. We'll go a little bit more in depth on the other side of the break, but first I got to tell y'all about our friends over at Game Time. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has tickets and deals right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you can find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. The tickets are sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your wallet or purse or anything, you just go straight to your phone. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code MLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Again, terms apply, create an account, use code MLB. For $20 off, download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet. The Tigers have an off day on Monday. Uh, so But we'll find something, and we will have a show. So let, maybe like a catch up on some news there's some out I don't know we can start off season stuff maybe maybe we start off I mean we're only like two and a half three weeks away we might as well we'll figure it out let's keep talking about Sawyer Gibson long though made his major league debut uh like I said the changeup was really really filthy uh four swings and misses on his change-up uh 24% CSW percentage and the most thrown pitch now that's not a super high called strikes whiffs percentage there um, but the, the he only had five balls put in play off of the changeup. I, I just I was very very impressed. The movement really got me. Uh, the slider, forty two percent CSW percentage, and the sinker forty seven percent. That's a that's two of his three most thrown pitches. That over forty percent of the time he threw them, they were either a called strike or a swinging miss strike. I was very impressed with the sequencing. I think that that's something that Fetter really wanted to address immediately. (laughs) Uh, I think that that's like Fetter's specialty is utilizing pitch sequencing as best as possible. And and I feel like he really got a hold of him early on and and they executed the game plan incredibly well. Only 13 four-seam fastballs. In this ball game, uh, but got up to 94, even 95 miles an hour. Then the sinker sat around 92, 93 miles an hour. So uh, I-, I like it, A- and I enjoy the fact that he has the swing and miss changeup and the swing and miss slider, and then on top of that, he has the pitch to contact sinker, and then it. Let me know if you were this before. All roads are then back to the four seam fastball. What kind of pitch is that going to be? Uh, it would not surprise me. We talked about this with some other people as well. Uh, if the four seam fastball usage started to kind of creep up a little bit in future starts, but as a first major league start, really as any start, th- this was this was great. I'm I'm so excited. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs, no walks, and five strikeouts. Two in the first inning. He was great, and, and like I said, the the difference in velocity between ninety five mile an hour, ninety four mile an hour fastball, sinker, and then down to you know eighty six mile an hour change up and eighty three mile an hour slider is, is is lethal with the amount of movement that he had. Uh, it, uh, beyond impressed. Don't I, we can move on. I don't want to keep talking in circles, but. Uh, very excited for him to be in the rotation for the remainder of the year too. Again, this was like my, like there was any pitcher in the entire organization, literally the entire organization that I wanted to see called up for September. It was Sawyer Gibson Law. And it, it, it was not only vindicating, but it, but it just, it, it was great to see because on the offensive side, we haven't seen the top-hitting prospects that everybody wants to see. And so to see that on the on the pitching side was at least nice. Let's move on to Reese Olsen in this weekend. He uh, was fantastic. I mean, you want to talk about a good start. Reese Olsen had a no-hitter through, what was it, six and a third, I believe. Ended up giving up a home run, which would be the final pitch he would throw. Just an absolute cookie. The last pitch he threw was could not have been more right down the middle. Um, and so, unfortunately, he leaves the game with a blemish on the scorecard. But he was phenomenal. And I think that the steps forward that Reese Olsen has taken this year are remarkable, dog. Like, I, I cannot stress enough how worried I was when he got called up. Like, I, I did not believe in the fastball at all. I thought the command was was questionable at best. I, I was, I was nervous and I wasn't a huge believer, and he has completely shoved that in my face, and I could not be happier about it. Um, the, the fastball, we talk about pretty much every outing. It's still a somewhat, I don't want to call it a concern, but it, it is, you know, the heights that he will reach as a starter are pretty much reliant on how effective that fastball can be. But goodness gravy, man, that slider is, I, I would argue, it, that the Reese Olsen slider is one of the best pitches in the entire Tigers organization right now. Like just in a, on a pure effectiveness level. The, it, it, I'm not saying it's guaranteed the best, but it's in the conversation. If you were to break down, like okay, like the Erod cutter or like the you know what I mean, you went through either the scoobo fastball or the scoobal slider or whatever and you went through every single pitch, I think Reese Olsen's slider is is legitimately one of the best in the Tigers' org right now. And, uh, yeah, the, the command has certainly been a revelation might even be the word. It's certainly been a huge step in the right direction there since becoming a major leaguer as well. I was super impressed with the change-up. I want to see more changeup, sinker tunneling, and he did it in this outing. But like that's a great way, when you don't have a swing-and-miss fastball, that's a great way to keep people off balance. The sinker moves down a little bit as a fastball. The changeup obviously drops off the table for Reese Olson. It's It moves much more than the sinker. But if you tunnel both of them low, bottom of the strike zone, really, I don't even care which corner you hit. I think that that can be a pretty effective thing. And then if you have them off balance, you just go to the bender. You just go to the the, the that incredible slider that he has. And, and I think that you can get a pretty darn good pitcher. And I think we're starting to see that uh, lately. I, I think he's only given up three earned runs in his last three outings. He's been stellar. He, he's been stellar. So good for him. I think this offseason is going to beg some questions about how prominent of a role is Reese Olsen going to have on this baseball team next year. Is it going to be that Alex Fiedo like multi-inning reliever slash spot starter like Tyler Alexander role right when he's healthy? Or is he a pure reliever? Or have his last three starts really convinced you like, look, this dude might just be in the rotation on opening day next year. I think that that's a conversation we'll have. We got a few starts left this year. We're not going to jump the gun, but I think that's a conversation to have this winter for sure. And then one that we will certainly have. On the show, Tarek Skubal started this weekend as well. He was great. Uh, Changeup, I thought, was working fantastic. And he's just, he's so good. He's hes so good. So don't have too much really to say in depth about Tarek Skubal. But when the command is good, when the fastball command specifically is good, Tarek Skubal is good. I thought in this outing he did just that. Um, as far as the bullpen goes, Alex Lang has really improved. And if you just look at the last month, it's a night and day different than like that June and July stretch he went on. I know he gave up the home run in, was that against New York? Uh, but even that, like he didn't have any walks in that outing home runs are going to happen at some point today's day and age, like eventually. And so I don't view that. Like if he was giving up a ton of homers, I'd view it as a problem. But like, even when he was awful, he wasn't giving up a boatload of homers, right? Like that's a, that's not a very high number on the season. So uh, if you count that for what it is, it's just, you know, he made a bad pitch, whatever. Uh, I, the last month has been a huge turnaround, and it's just finding the strike zone. Golly. Uh, for, <laughs> and clearly, we're not going to take that for granted because he went two months without being able to throw the ball in the strike zone literally at all. Uh, but it, it has been a super nice thing to see. I, I still firmly believe that Alex Lang has all of the ability to be a long-term reliever on this team. It's just a matter of whether he puts it all together well enough to be like a high leverage, like eighth and ninth inning guy on a good team, or whether the lack of command is going to kind of cap him off as being like a really nasty, I don't know, like first out of the bullpen, like sixth inning middle reliever type. And I think that's more the conversation than – you know, like, is he a major league pitcher or not? Like clearly his stuff is disgusting. So good to see him find the strike zone for the last few weeks. And like, I'm sure that he'll, you know, go out there and walk three his next outing just because I said that. But um, I, regardless, we have a pretty sizable sample size lately of him walking far fewer hitters. And that's a good sign. That's really all I had. I mean, Miguel Diaz, I still has a zero ERA, by the way. I love Miguel Diaz. Big fan of it. It's Tyler Holton. Uh, gave up some runs again, ERA back over two, but uh, went back out there on Sunday and threw a blank. Uh, Will Vest, I think, continues to look good, which is great because I was really nervous for a while. We talked about that the other day. Don't have too much else to add on the bullpen front outside outside of the Alex Lane conversation. Let's get to the uh, the bats this weekend, okay? Not a very great offensive performance. Have a little bit of defense to talk about as well. Then we'll talk about some playoff baseball happening in the Tigers organization. We'll do that right after I tell you all about our friends over at Sleeper. MLB playoffs are just around the corner. There you go. Which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now with studs like Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, obviously. You can pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times your payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Uh, Sleeper is the best. They are flying up charts. They are one of the most used sports apps in the country at this point. Uh, I don't know too many people that participate in the like daily or league fantasy games and, and aren't familiar and or just straight up use Sleeper. And the fact that they are in the daily fantasy game now, just makes it all that much more convenient. So use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Check out Sleeper today. All right, everybody, welcome back to your third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Let's talk about the offense. So, uh, I mean, this was kind of a snooze fest of an offensive weekend outside of like two people. Um, they scored six runs in three games. That's terrible. That's like awful. Uh, if you average two runs a game throughout the season, you'd have the worst offense ever. So uh, that that is not good. For a weekend series, but they leave with the series victory. So we're not going to complain too terribly much. Just really, really solid pitching in two of three games. Well, really three. Uh, I just want to point out, I I posted this as well. How remarkable it is. How many teams do you know that could have a no hitter going into the seventh inning and get blown out? Baseball reference considers a blowout any run differential more than five runs. So like this is technically speaking, air quotes, a blowout on Friday, and we literally were no hitting the White Sox through six and a third. Not it's impressive. It, it's impressive ineptitude. It really is. Um, but again, they turn it around in one, not going to complain too much, more just joking around, but like it is kind of ridiculous in the same breath. Offensively, the sh- I mean, the shutout on Friday was terrible. I, I thought that Torkelson had a good weekend. Uh, you know, he is hitting now with runners in scoring position as a few clutch hits in the month of September. When all of August, he went, what was it, 0 for 21 with runners in scoring position in September? I believe he is three for nine with a walk in there as well. So, certainly much better there. Uh, early on in the month, well, I guess, I mean, September 10th, what is that? A third of the way through a month. I guess we're not super early on, but. Nice to see him actually come through in a couple of those situations. <laughs> we'll gladly take it. Uh, Kerry Carpenter continues to just be a hitting machine. The, he does nothing but hit. It, it's it's so fun to watch him in the batter's box. Andre Lipsius with some hits over the weekend, a couple of hits on Sunday. Uh, still just like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of power behind the bat. Like if, if the barrel lands on the bat and, and he can – throw it out there and and hit it flush and hit it on the sweet spot, obviously it's going to go. But it, it just it, – it, it doesn't – I don't have confidence when he swings the bat that it's going to be hard hit. So that's like continues to be something that I'll, I'll keep an eye on with Lipsius. Quickly defensively, one, Parker Meadows continues to be amazing. Uh, but two, Lipsius at third on Sunday, there were – I want to say three plays in which he – if a third baseman with a cannon of an arm was out there, the at least two of those are probably made, and he didn't make any of them. Uh, not saying this to criticize him, just saying that that's probably a limitation on if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I think Andre Lipsius might be like the everyday third baseman of the future. That probably has some limitations on that. I, in my brain, Lipsius is like uh, a <laughs> – Uh, This is probably going to piss people off just because I've said this about a lot of people, but it's objectively true. We have a lot of them, probably a utility guy, like probably somebody that uh, if everything works out for him, he can be a solid enough defender at third, a solid enough defender at second, uh, maybe even play some short if you desperately need it. uh, But mostly, you know, make his living at first, second and third in the infield and isn't going to strike out a lot and is going to get decent walk numbers and not hit for power. I think that that's the the profile of him, and there is value in that. Uh, It's just a matter of if he can make adjustments at third base, I think that would go a long way for an organization that has a wide opening at third base. uh, It would go a long way if he could uh, adjust some of the defensive. It's hard to just say, like, get a better arm. Like, that's kind of, at some point, that that's something you either have or you don't. But uh, just something I noticed, like, you know, the arm strength isn't, necessarily elite there and, and it kind of was uh, exposed on Sunday as far as uh, back to purely hitting um, Parker Meadows has had a rough week uh, I think he maybe he didn't have a hit all week has uh, gone on a little bit of a skid here over oh, his last I want to say it's like 15 or 19 even and went hitless on Sunday again as well uh, unless he starts striking out a boatload, I'm not going to freak out too terribly much just because that is, like, the biggest – and, like, he's had a couple of hard hit balls, hit a line drive, hit up the middle on Sunday that the pitcher just threw his glove out and got. Like, it's not like he's going out there and K-ing every single AB. Uh, I, I still I still believe that he can be a, a solid hitter, and there is some power in there. I, I, we know that. Uh, it's just a matter of some more – a s- solid contact consistently and then consistently lifting the baseball, but not lifting it too much. Baseball is a difficult game, um, but it, it's just, it's one of those things where until he starts striking out a boatload, I'm not going to freak out too much. And, and I've been the biggest, you know, like worrier about his strikeout right at the major league level out there. I've been talking about it since before we even called him up. Uh, but that hasn't really spiked too dramatically even amidst this kind of slump that he's been on. So we'll keep an eye on it, but something that's worth noting for sure. Uh, I, I mean, besides that, Zach McKinstry was fine this weekend. I it just with three weeks left in the season, it's hard for me to like do deep dives on a lot of these like 4A or, or like super utility type of players who like aren't going to be like we are I'm starting to transition into winter and like off season mode. And so like, I mean, we can break down Andy Abanez if you want, but you know what I mean? Like and you know, Zach McKinstry and Zach short, et cetera. But at this point in the season, I think people are more interested in the players that they know are going to have prominent roles on the team next year as well. Um, so yeah, not a great weekend. They went, I think four for 19 with runners in scoring position over the weekend. They went 0 for one on Friday. Oh, uh, for one. <laughs> Uh, just terrible all around. Then they went one for nine on Saturday and then three for nine on Sunday is a, is a nice step in the right direction. That's much better. Torgelson obviously helping that total, but yeah, one for 10 with RISP on Friday and Saturday. So not great. Let's talk about, uh, that's it for the weekend. Not like the most eventful weekend in the world outside of Sawyer Gibson long and Reese Olson, but, um, glad to see them walk away with two wins. They should have, they are the better team. I would have been disappointed if I came on here and they had not. And also at home, round of applause, right? Oh, my goodness. They won a home series. I I couldn't even tell you the last time they did that. So, organizationally, the Flying Tigers are in the playoffs. And that's cool for a few reasons. Uh, One, it's just cool that any – level of the Tigers organization making the postseason is fun uh, but it's very cool because the Flying Tigers have some of the highly regarded prospects in the organization and two players hitters that were literally drafted this year that are like prominent fixtures in the lineup Kevin McGonigal and obviously Max Clark. Clark has gotten off to a little bit of a slower start since getting promoted to uh Lakeland but, him and McGonigal both. I mean, I saw a lineup the other day. I think they hit one and two. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're pro- going to be prominent parts of that lineup. And so uh, it's cool to see them get a taste of some postseason baseball. That'll be fun. It'll be something we will certainly keep an eye on here and, and kind of update you throughout. But yeah, I just felt like that was a, a fun thing to kind of bring up. And the McGonagall has been hitting. And that's, that's fun. So good for them. We will, like I said, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. They went 42-22 and in the second half, the Flying Tigers. it's a heck of a record. That's a heck of a second-half record, especially, again, when you consider that several players from the draft were on the second-half team and not the first-half team, obviously. So, very cool. Uh, Just want to end by talking about the schedule remaining. Okay, so the Tigers schedule the remainder of the year – I forget who it was, but one publication said it was the easiest remaining schedule in baseball. And really, you can't blame the take. Uh, they play the Dodgers next week. And outside of that, okay, they have a they have a three game set against the Dodgers next week, Monday through Wednesday. Outside of that, their remaining teams on the schedule are as follows in order, Reds. Angels, Dodgers, A's, Royals, Guardians. Uh, I think there is a very real argument that that is the easiest final three weeks in baseball. Um, I think I saw the article back at the beginning of September and I think it was like easiest September in baseball but yeah we I mean we played the White Sox twice and the Yankees aren't good so like yeah probably still holds um and we talked about this at the end of August like this is a a month where you don't have to like just kind of hobble to the finish line and go out on a sad note like you can do damage you can give some kids opportunities and at bats against some poor teams and some poor pitching you can Put Sawyer Gibson Long and Reese in positions where they are going to go up against offenses that aren't fantastic. It's some confidence building. Get them to try some things. Like this is I, I know that I'm a nerd. And like I know that the majority of the public view September baseball in which the Tigers are well well out of it as like, I'm not gonna prioritize this. I'm not gonna watch it. I see my own numbers. They, you know what I mean? Like they obviously go down at this time of year uh, when, when your team's not in the playoff hunt, but like they're legitimately, I, I just, I feel like there's still so much that we're playing for and that we still need to figure out before the winter. And the fact that the Tigers have the opportunity opportunity to do that against teams that are objectively worse than them in a lot of these remaining series is, yeah, we could, we could actually end on a fun note. And that's something we don't say too terribly often over the last eight or nine years. We'll end the show by just saying, uh, Miggy had some right knee. I believe it was soreness was held out of the lineup on Sunday. Uh, I think they are going to do whatever they can to just make sure that he's healthy the last like two weeks, week of the season. So, uh, we have an off day today. As you're listening to this, we have an off day on Monday so obviously he's not playing then. Wouldn't surprise me if he didn't play much in Cincinnati. I think, again, they, they just want him to be able to play as many, if not all, of that last homestand as possible uh, because we have a huge road stand where from the 15th to the 24th is all road games. Then we end the season on a six-game homestand. And I think the plan is probably to play him for all six of those games. So whatever they got to do to make that happen is what they will do. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Shout out to the everydayers. We'll be back tomorrow talking about something. I hope it's good. I'll see you then. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.